Today on Happy Sad Confused, Josh Hutcherson on Future Man, saying goodbye to the Hunger Games and the Disaster Artist. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to the show. Welcome to another edition of Happy Sad Confused. And yes, two Joshes for the price of one on this podcast this week. Then again, if you're paying anything for the podcast, you're doing it wrong. This is free. It's just for you guys. I do it for you out of love, out of respect. Mostly out of love. Uh, Just me solo on the intro this week. Sammy is returning from a work trip overseas. She's fancy that way. But she'll be back on the next one. Uh, So as I said, this week is Josh Hutcherson. Uh, You, of course, know him from so many things, including uh, the Hunger Games series. But many, many films beyond that, uh, whether you saw him early on in The Polar Express or Little Manhattan or later on in uh, a great indie like The Kids Are All Right. He has been a, uh, a real consistently um, productive and great actor and has, seems to have like an actual good head on his shoulders despite being you know, a child actor and now young adult. He's um, a great guy that I, uh, you know, I've gotten to know uh, primarily thanks to all the Hunger Games stuff. And it's um, you know, exciting to see him embark on new uh, adventures, whether it's directing short films and eventually directing a feature or uh, a crazy batshit uh, series like Future Man, which is uh, currently available on Hulu. Um, it's a it's a fun uh, uh, show. It comes from the minds of um, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, um, and it is high concept to say the least. It involves time travel, and uh, it's uh, it's filthy, and it has STDs, and it's just it has a lot of '80s kind of sci-fi references. Uh, it, it's a fun show. So if you like any of that stuff, you should enjoy Future Man. As I said, it's available now um, on Hulu. Um, also. Also worth noting, um, Josh is starring in the upcoming The Disaster Artist, which is the new film from James Franco, um, based on the the making of that infamous film, The Room. Um, I'm seeing it literally in a few hours, so I can't speak to uh, the quality of The Disaster Artist, except to say that I've heard amazing things uh, about it, and apparently uh, Franco kills it in this film. Um, so that's something to look forward to as well. Um, other than that, uh, I want to just kind of dive right into the conversation this week, not have too much preamble, except to say uh, thank you guys for your reviews on iTunes. I want to encourage these because these are important to us on Happy Sag Infused to encourage more listeners. And in order to further encourage your reviews, I'm going to read the latest one because I, I asked for some uh, last on last week's show and I, and I got a particularly lovely one that popped up on iTunes. So... Here is a, a lovely five-star review from uh, Pira Sweden. Uh, Happy Sad Confused is definitely one of the best interview pods out there. Josh is always educated and entertaining when inter- interviewing his guests. And Sammy is a delight! Exclamation point. The banter between she and Josh can be better. And if you're looking to laugh uncontrollably, listen to the Michael Shannon episode. It had me rolling around on the floor. Uh, well, while it's embarrassing to read nice things about myself, um, that is a lovely review, uh, Pierre Sweden. And um, while I don't agree with your assessment of Sammy, it's just going to go straight to her head. If she actually listens to this podcast, it would go straight to her head. But let's be frank, Sammy probably won't listen to this. But yes, that is an encouragement to you guys. Go on iTunes, please. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And if you review the show, you just might hear your, your review read out on the podcast. There's incentive for you. Um, okay, without any further ado, let's go right to the big conversation this week. Uh, the wonderful, uh, the charming, um, my second favorite Josh. Wait, is that saying that I'm my own favorite Josh? I guess I should be. I should love myself, right? Okay, well, Josh Hutcherson. There he is. 
Well, look, it's Josh Hutcherson. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. It's good to see you, man. You too. You like my introduction? Yeah. It's really professional. Right Super cash. <laughs> um, it's good to see you, man. You Welcome too. to the podcast. I can't believe it's been. It's we've had the podcast for a few years, and we haven't had you on. So yeah, this is long I actually just making. did my first podcast like a few days ago. Okay, so you're no yeah. longer version. You know how this no. works. Yeah, I mean, I, you talk and then people hear it. But there you go. Yeah. Well, you're an expert. It's not, I really. <laughs> I studied up. Went to school uh, for podcasting. Yeah, there you go. Um, congrats, I was just saying, congratulations on the show. We're going to talk about a bunch of things, but the new show is Future Man. It is as we, uh, uh, as you hear this, it is available on Hulu. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, uh, a show that is uh, as classy as the Josh Hutcherson that I know and love. <laughs> <laughs> this really fits you, too. man. The lingerie really, uh, yeah. really, really brings out my true colors. It's, it's lovely. It is. It is. Um, <laughs> is this? Uh, is this your first? First time um, masturbating on camera f- over a video game character? I can't remember. Was that in Journey That's to the Center released. of the Earth? It's the first time oh, okay, it's been okay. released, yeah. <laughs> that was inspired yeah, by True yeah, Life. Exactly. Oh, I've, I've masturbated many times on camera, just it's <laughs> oh. <laughs> not true. Not many times, a handful. Oh, <laughs> a nice so big handful. Yeah. Um, a nice solid handful of times. <laughs> I was going to say, the last time we spoke was at Comic-Con, which was the, the filthiest conversation at Comic-Con. What, what, what did we talk about at Comic-Con? It was, it was, at, it was for Future Man. You were with yeah. your buddies. And yeah. it was just like, I, I, I just feel, felt like... Felt um, weird after? No, I felt good. I okay. felt like... <laughs> felt good, man. Um, but, th- I mean, the sensibility of this show, mm-hmm. fair to say this, this fits you? It, it, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've always loved, you know, raunchy humor, comedy type stuff, and... Uh, Seth and, and their whole team are, you know, the kings of that world. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it definitely aligns with my sensibilities as a human. What was the yeah. elevator pitch or the first, like, what was, like, the... Did you just read a script or does, like, Seth and Evan come to you with an idea? Yeah, like- so I did I did a disaster artist where I met Seth. And, uh, and like, a couple weeks after I did that, he uh, emailed me, him and Seth, uh, him and Evan Goldberg emailed me. And said they're doing this TV show called Future Man. And, you know, they love me to do it with them. And they want to hop on a call and, and talk about it. And they kind of gave me a rough pitch of the series, but as you know, it's hard to really encapsulate all that takes place in any conversation. Right. Um, and then, yeah, I read, I read the pilot script, and, and uh, I was like, yeah, I've never done TV, never done comedy. Yeah. It seemed like a good group to do it with. It's like the perfect scenario. Where were you at in terms of like just like what you were thinking about or your priorities? It was obviously uh, at least a year or two post uh, the Hunger Games madness. Mm-hmm. But like where, what were you thinking in terms of like career at that point and what you were looking for? Not this. <laughs> this, this is <laughs> I need something like Future Man. Exactly. Because nothing like Future Man exists so that's impossible. <laughs> yeah. No, not this. Um, I was looking at like... This was Plan G. Yeah. yeah. Maybe even a little further down the alphabet list. No, it was... Um, yeah, I was kind of looking at a lot of like indie, like intense indie dramas. Sure, like that's yeah. kind of where my sensibilities had been. Um, I did a couple of those with James Franco, which is how I got to the Disaster Artist, which is how I got to Seth and Evan. Um, but yeah, I was I was reading like these hard hitting, intense indie psychological dramas, um, and then this came along, and uh, it was like I, the kind of this new era of TV is really amazing and fascinating, and you have a lot more freedoms it feels like to kind of go to crazy places yeah um and and just knowing the team behind it and and for me looking to do something original and interesting i'd never even really thought about wanting to do comedy or tv and it just kind of fell fell into me or i fell into it whichever it, it, there was mutual falling there's some falling involved <laughs> yeah <laughs> there, it, it must be freeing though to like shoot a show like this where like um you can kind of like go big and go raunchy and mm-hmm. kind of like not 
were, I mean, there obviously there are limits to anything, but like barely. Yeah, I mean, you, you guys barely push live it in this one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we really do. Some prosthetics that really push the limits. <laughs> so, does it feel like a different kind of a work that you've ever done? Like, do you feel like this is? Wait, is this the same acting that I did? And the kids are all all right, or is this a totally <laughs> apples and oranges kind yeah, of a thing? I mean, it's not really apples and oranges because it's acting, and you know, it's you know, right. you, you're going in and you have your scenes and you're trying to make them seem real. The scenarios and situations that we find ourselves in in the show is, is definitely different than anything I've done. Um, but no, it's, it's, it wasn't it, – we did have a lot more freedom and, and you didn't have to censor yourself. Yeah. So I kind of felt natural in that way because I don't in my everyday life censor myself. Right. I just did Good Morning America and uh, that go? Kelly and Ryan. Yeah. It, it went fine. I just uh, – <laughs> But it was, but it was 40% like, of Hutcherson. Oh, way less. <laughs> We're talking like ten percent. Now we got one hundred and fifty percent. Yeah, let it all out, man. That's well. No, that's not. No, that's okay. not, no oh spoilers. <laughs> so okay, so to give a little bit of the premise, and it's it's a hard show to kind of encapsulate, as it you is. said, because I think I've seen like six or so episodes. Even in, within those, one of the things I love about the show is it kind of keeps like reinventing or like oh, there's a lot of plot. There's yeah. a lot that happens. Absolutely, and that's actually a good point because it was really important for us to to be able to release this all at once all episodes at yeah. one time because there's a lot of plot that develops and it moves quick and if you miss something like and you you don't watch an episode you kind of forget about it but right. um what was the question i don't know oh, <laughs> oh the, the, the setup for the audience a little bit the premise oh, yeah, so the you're, premise, you're, you're sure. a janitor yes i'm a janitor at a at a center that's trying to cure sexual diseases mm-hmm. um naturally <laughs> and uh and by night he is like a big time video gamer and he has this one game that he's been trying to beat that no one has ever beaten right um and when he finally does it's it's a la the last starfighter it's like a, a training simulator sent back from the future to find the one person to save all of humanity and we start out by trying to stop someone from getting herpes right which is what a mission cock block um <laughs> which is where we try to that, that's where we start the adventure and where it goes from there it's like the show is great because you'll be like oh that's a funny weird joke but then that becomes a major plot point yeah um so it's kind of just the way it weaves and 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 moves throughout time is is really fun and what's cool about it too is because it's time travel you know hopefully have like next season and stuff then you can just go anywhere with it it's not yeah. it's very non-linear so you can have a lot of fun well one of the the, the fun things when i saw you guys at comic-con like i referenced because again like i grew up with the kind of stuff you're referencing mm-hmm. and like uh, this was like my childhood the last starfighter is before your time sure, yeah. it was my yeah, time yeah, i grew absolutely. up with the last starfighter so and one of the things i love about the show is it kind of like it owns those references yeah like there's like a sound cue a musical cue that's like totally back to the future yes. that's like 100 right well yeah i think what's cool about the show is 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 it's it's a it's self aware and and my character is a sci fi fan right like if you had two people that just showed up and were like yo you're coming with us to like save all of humanity you're, like uh, you're, this like, is Terminator I, I think. exactly and you, and you know all the tropes <laughs> and stuff and so I think I think the show does a good job of, of balancing out accepting those things and using them while not completely just like relying 100% on them right. uh, so it was a lot of fun to, to play around with those elements H- had you ever seen the last Starfighter. I hadn't seen it before I <laughs> right. did the I figured movie. You probably but I've it. seen, like, Back to the Futures. Sure. I've seen you know, the Terminators. But the more obscure stuff, uh, I hadn't. What do you think of The Last Starfighter? Eh. <laughs> it's cool. You had to be there, man. It's cool. It's, like, it's like that. Some, sh- some movies just don't hold up. Like, you have this grand memory of, like, this movie's so amazing. Right. And you watch it again, and you're like, mm, I get why feeling. I liked it when I, I did. I and know. now I'm trying to think of a, of a movie like that that I've, I've seen recently. Well, it's funny because like know. You, you appreciate it for different reasons. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It hits you at a different time. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, like it's funny because like again, Back to the Future is something that like 
I was probably 10 or something when it mm. came out, but it's become a perennial, even yeah. for so- someone like you that's a bit 100%. younger than me. Like you, I assume you saw Back to the yes. Future when you were a kid. Yes, yes. Every yes. kid, that, good. I that, think, that makes I me think feel so. good. Yeah, I mean, my, my parents were, you know, they were teens in the 80s, and so like they, you know. Subjected you yeah, to the 80s. Of course. Crash yeah. course. Yeah. This is what you have to do fun. to beat my child. 80s were so shitty. Like, if it is like culturally, I mean, we had some fun stuff, some pop. There's look some at pop. My, look at my I know. Wall of posters. I know, I know. But like, in all honesty, Fashion, music. So there's some that fun mold, movies. That on Kurt Russell over not. here. You don't love that? <laughs> yeah, but let's be honest. It's it's fucking ridiculous. Like 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 Rambo. Like like the, the 80s gave us that. Right, right. It's but uh, yeah. Have you ever seen, have you seen any of the Rambo, Rambo movies? I, no, the I've seen like one, clips of them. The best one I to see, I would argue, because it goes through a weird kind of like evolution where First Blood is like a real movie. Uh-huh. First Blood's like a real like a PTSD war veteran. It's almost it's okay. a drama. Okay. Don't go with that one. Okay. Go right to, <laughs> go to go to Rambo, the second one, First Blood Part Two, okay. which is like like just like that eighties shot into your yeah. into your bloodstream. Okay, like your mainlining eighties exactly. culture. <laughs> exactly. Rambo three, then it's, it, it gets too far. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's All my right. that's my words of wisdom for you today. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> So, um, what, what did I want to ask about, uh, more about Future Man? Uh, da, 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 da. So you've shot all these. Wait, did they all come out at once? Yeah, they're all, they're all. How many now, episodes are there? There's though? 13. Oh, amazing! Yeah, and they're okay. all on Hulu streaming so right this second. Without uh, ruining anything, is is James Cameron aware of this show? <laughs> is he involved in the show in any way? Uh, he is not involved personally, but we do talk. We have an episode that um, he plays a, a pretty major. Part in right. uh, his his the folklore of James Cameron. Okay. Yes. Do you think this is going to help or hurt your chances at the next four Avatar movies? I don't think it looks good. <laughs> I didn't write the show. <laughs> I, mean, I produced oh, on great. it, so I didn't say no. <laughs> but you know, that's the same like meeting. Yeah. Just, like, just look, because look, man, you, I'm a working actor. I'm a monkey. They say dance, and I say how long. <laughs> you do have, have mocap experience. Yes. I that, do. That, that was a that was an early, relatively early one, right? Yeah, it was. It was Polar uh, Express. It was Polar Express. It was actually the first feature film completely done in motion capture. That was a big one. Yeah, it was Robert Zemeckis and Tom I'm, Hanks and all that. Again, yeah. I'm a big Zemeckis head, as you could expect. Oh yeah, well, well, yeah, exactly. There you go. So what was uh, what do you remember of that experience? Was that I mean, how old were you? Roughly? I was ten. Yeah, ten or eleven when I shot that. It was amazing. It was like my first big movie, and and I feel like I learned so much. It's about like the technical elements of filmmaking yeah. in that experience as an actor, and also just like behind the scenes and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it was it was amazing. I mean, I was you know ten years old on set with Tom Hanks and an amazing cast, and having Robert Zemeckis directing you. I was completely unaware of who Robert Zemeckis was, and <laughs> even Tom Hanks. I was like, yeah, he's like America's dad, right? Whatever that means. Um, so I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't quite like aware enough to. Why be. are they putting me in this this leotard now? Yeah, like, what's was, going on? Yeah, but it, it was it was fun. I um I. <laughs> I don't know if I should tell this, but I probably, and whatever, fuck it, it's a long time ago. <laughs> I was like 10 years old, and we're doing this scene where I'm, I'm like, we're skiing on top of a train, mm-hmm. and I'm like tucked in, like underneath like the hobo character of Tom sure. Hanks, and uh, I guess I farted on Tom Hanks, <laughs> like we're like in a crouched position, and he made sure guess? the entire crew <laughs> was like, holy shit, this kid, oh my god, and I'm like about ready to just implode of, of self con and I was like a little little husky kid just it's like it's like the worst thing that could happen is like farting in Tom Hanks's crotch. And uh I, I did it. I figured you know it's like once once you hit that low, yeah. you're gonna be alright. Yeah. God Tom Hanks is such an asshole. <laughs> 
he was cool. He was cool about it. He put me on blast, he, but he, you know, he, yeah, I respected it because I, he went for the humor, and it's I was a like, you know passage. what? Yeah, every every actor has to fart in Tom Hanks' crotch exactly. at one point. Exactly, yeah. Judy Dench. They've all done it. <laughs> they've all been there. <laughs> so, um, you also uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, career stuff since we're, we're we've gone back to to polar express so uh, you one of the big ones then like there are a couple early like moments it seems like that were mm-hmm. big for you that little manhattan probably was yeah 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 for sure that came probably roughly around the same time yeah i think i was like 11 when i when i shot that i can't think of something more mortifying than having to pretend to be in love like to have like a romance like even shooting that now at, like 40 would be yeah. mortifying well, for my, me what alone at 10 my first kiss ever was on that movie on camera in front of like grips picking their noses and shit off off camera like it was like it was it was mortifying i i had never yeah if there's a running theme to your early career it sounds like there's these mortifying exactly like, rites of passage it really humbled me it shoved me right down <laughs> under the earth man like just right down in there feet are planted in the core because of those experiences yeah it was it was i remember i was i was 11 and i knew i had the big scene coming up like the next day of like the kiss yeah and i was terrified i couldn't even think about it and uh, i was here with my mom and my dad flew in for support and surprised me and showed up and it was like the father son like <laughs> here's how you kiss a lady son. every young man has to yeah. kiss a lady on screen one day and it was this, so today's your day <laughs> oh my god my heart was racing my face was about to like just explode of blood just like <laughs> that would have been quite a moment tom hanks would have definitely called you out this kid's face just exploded <laughs> with blood it was so red that it was like any moment I thought I was going to start like sweating blood. So really, I think that's what I thought. That's how, that's just how my mind worked right. at that age even. I was like, oh God, am I actually sweating blood now? I'm wiping it and checking, making sure that it's not blood coming out of my face. Did you have to – was it tough watching it then in the uh, afterwards? Do you remember – was that as traumatic? Uh, not, so, not, no, the, the, the trauma really hit hard when the actual kiss had to take place. Oh God. So where, where were you yeah. at? Had you guys, where were you living at the time of, of those couple films? Like what you had obviously made the transition in terms of like, you're going for this, like this yeah. is, this is what you want to do even at this young age. Um, what was kind of the turning point in terms of like when you and your family kind of said, yeah, we're going to make a go at this. I mean, me personally, it was the moment my parents said, yes, I could try to go and become an actor. Mm-hmm. That, at that point, I was like, all right, this is going to work. Like, there's no way it's not because <laughs> this is what I want to do and I'm right. going to do it. Um, but I, I think – I mean, yeah, at that, at that time, I was living at the Oakwood Apartments sure. in California um, where every young actor has to live. It's so funny. I just had – I mean, not the name drop. I had Kenneth Branagh in here last uh, week. And he, of all people, stayed at the Oakwood Apartments at one dude, point. everyone did it's at so some bizarre. point. It's really crazy. It's, it's the weirdest <laughs> – fucking place man they have like i remember one story i was i was probably about like around this time like 10 or 11 and i made like 11 12 and i had done like a few movies and like a couple things and i was like oakwood known um because like a lot of young struggling actors who go out there as like yeah. child actors to try to make it most of which forced by their horrible parents um and mine were the opposite my mom was like please don't become an actor right. like like it's not gonna work even like the other day i was on kimmel and we were backstage and the, the producer was talking us through the segment and i don't even know how it came up my mom goes well, we didn't think it was good. We thought it was a phase. We didn't think it was actually going to work. <laughs> One, two years tops. Oh, it's because, because my mom's maiden name is Fightmaster. Right. And so we were like, I don't know how the hell you didn't give me that name. And she's like, well, we didn't think it was actually going to, like, you weren't going to be successful. <laughs> you so, could have been the heir so, to Jean-Claude Van Damme exactly, with that last right? name. Um, but yeah, so I was at the Oakwood Apartments. He had these, like, free Sunday brunches. 
which is a bunch of donuts. And like I said, I was a husky kid. Donuts are like my thing. <laughs> and uh, and so I was down there. Like my mom was like in the apartment. And I just went down to get some donuts. And these three moms like cornered me, and they were like, "We're so proud of you, honey. It's amazing what you've been doing." Da 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 da. da. I was like, "Oh, thanks. I just want to eat my bear claw." Um, and uh, <laughs> are you gonna finish that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool, cool. Can I get your uh, your yeah. Um, and and then uh, and I was like, "Oh, thank you." And they're like, "So our, our son." Or two of our sons have the same audition as you coming up, and we were wondering if you could like kind of you know show us how you're gonna do it. And I was like, um, I, I guess sure. And <laughs> I was part of the Lollipop Guild right. as well. Um, but yeah, I, and and they were like, I was like, I don't really know the scene. They're like we have the sides. We'll go. We're gonna go grab them real quick. I was like, oh, okay, cool. They like left and I took off running back to the apartment right. like, obviously freaked out and I didn't know how to feel about it uh, <laughs> but it's a very weird place Oakwood but that's where I was living at that time in my life mirror bed that pulled out yeah it was you know so what, how were you I mean did you have a like a, a level head on your shoulders at that age in terms of like you're know, going through audition processes and like you know losing a job as an adult is tough like for an actor yeah I, I, and like when you're just like a, a bunch of emotions as a kid are there like how like I, I feel like I would be like sobbing every other day or like going hitting these highs and massive lows you just learn to bury it deep down within <laughs> your soul and then one day it just it's, it's gonna pop out and I don't know it. how <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen to me it's a lot of repression man a lot of stuff in there. my 40s are gonna yeah, it's gonna midlife crisis. <laughs> Whoo-wee. Um, yeah, you know, I. I mean, do you remember on, that time as like fun times or like stressful? I remember it as very fun. I mean, it, there was like a moment when I think I had such a high volume of auditions that I didn't really right. get super hung up on any specific one. Every now and then there would be like a big one that you really wanted and you got far along and then, you know, you had the disappointment. I remember there was, I think, a Home Alone movie. Mm-hmm. Like there's like a Home Alone like seven or something. Uh, yeah, I think that was the third one when they got, they had a new kid. Yeah, like, It was maybe. years later. It yeah, was probably, it was like early was, 2000s. Yeah. Um, and I remember I got really far along for that one and we thought it was going to happen, all these things, and it didn't. And I remember that one, I like cried my face off. <laughs> But I think after that, I hardened. When's the last time you cried over uh, missing a part? To be honest. It's been a while. Really? It's been a while since I just even cried. <laughs> You're it's dead on screen. Inside. I'm dead inside. <laughs> They've taken it all, Josh. Save it for the set of future They've taken it all. <laughs> so, um, what do you remember? Uh, what do you remember of Zathura? Zathura. Oh man, that was a fun shoot. We shot. It was a 93 day shoot, wow. uh, and it was all on the Sony lot. Like literally, 92 of the 93 days were all on lot. And so we we built out like a our, our base camp was like there for five months or yeah. something and i remember it was just so fun like that was such a fun like high energy set there was a great like cool special effects practical effects with right. like we had um favreau was trying to kind of create like an amblin movie yeah like one completely. of those kind of we school. had uh winston what's that winston yeah, yeah yeah i did mm-hmm. like the all our puppets and stuff um and uh and yeah it was really fun where dax shepherd was like a older brother to me and we hung out all the time how it was great how were you really you and Kristen? how what was the age difference was there like was it was it big sister a little brother kind of yeah, thing was it, it was there a crush it involved was, oh, for sure i had a crush i was She's, hardcore crushing i was always into older women and <laughs> from 10 i was like babe i know you're 20 but here's the deal i'm half your age Kristen also is like but the I'm coolest person <laughs> she's like always been the coolest no, person she's in the super room. cool no i had i totally had a crush on her but like she was big sister it was like that like fun like crush thing and I don't know. It was great. It was it was really fun. She was super cool, super like indie creative person, like a really good energy. Even then, like, yeah, even yeah. then, yeah. She's always had that. Is um she gave my she gave me a turtle for my birthday once. Aww. I was like, how the hell do you give somebody a gift that lasts ninety years? <laughs> it's a big commitment. <laughs> yeah, she literally. I was at a bowling alley. I think it was like my twelfth birthday or twelfth birthday, and she came and she like had her arms behind her back and she's like, <laughs> really cool. Like Chris and Stewart, like, hey man, happy birthday. 
And like, it's a turtle in the palm of her hand. And it's like this Chilean, he's like, she's like, it's a Chilean turtle. He's going to live to be 85. <laughs> he's like, and I'm like, thanks. <laughs> That's a lot of responsibility it for died. a 12-year-old. It died. Like only like a year later. Did you murder your turtle? <laughs> Not intentionally. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's that's the definition of murder. I guess it has to be intentional. <laughs> it was like like turtle slaughter. Um, no, it was. We went out of town, and it was like winter time, and the neighbor was supposed to watch Bob. Right. And uh, really inventive name. Did you? Do it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whatever, man. So I wasn't as cool as Kristen Stewart. She probably thought of a really cool name. Um, but no, we, we went out of town. It was like winter time. And he's supposed to have the heating thing on, and uh, the neighbor didn't do it, so I guess Bob froze to oh, death. My condolences, man. Yeah. Again, sort I mean, then still again, sorting through a lot. Yeah. yeah, this is, I mean, look, it's less responsibility. Exactly. You want to be carefree. 85 years? Yeah. I don't want a pet that's going to outlive me. <laughs> I mean, maybe if I'm like super old and I get a dog and it outlives me, but I don't want a pet that at 10, Just I you, get it and it outlives right. me. <laughs> you and Bob at 95 <laughs> exactly. sitting next to each other alone in a It's been a good run, hasn't it, Bob? <laughs> So, uh, clear, clearly, a turning point would seem to be kids are all right. Yeah, because that—I that, mean, you, you're in some high-profile films, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and the career's going well. But that's a different kind of a movie. Uh, Lisa yeah. Cholodenko is an amazing f- filmmaker. Um, the actors you get to work with in that is insane. Yeah. Um, again, what do you remember of like? I mean, did you glean much from like seeing the way Ruffalo, Ruffalo, and and Julianne and Annette Benning were working? Was it a different kind of a experience? Yeah, it, it definitely was. I think that that. That was probably like the biggest and <clears throat> first time that I was really sort of starstruck in a way. Mm-hmm. Not like meeting someone, I'd be like, "Oh my god!" Like not, knowing, yeah. but like having to work with them, you know? Because I'd, I'd worked a fair amount up until that point, and it had been more, you know, younger family type stuff. Right. And all of a sudden, here I was, like standing toe to toe with some of the greatest actors that we currently have. Yeah, and and so I was very aware of that and trying to be as unaware of that as possible at the same time. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience. We shot the whole thing in 23 days. Um, and, and it was very fast paced and, and thank God, like everyone was super cool and Lisa was incredible. The crew was great. And, and the whole cast really gelled nicely And Ruffalo since then, every time I see him, I'm just like, it's just, he's the greatest guy. He's so nice. And yeah, yeah, I think I ran into, I saw a net, I was driving my motorcycle like on Mulholland (laughs) and I put up next to a car. I just kind of glanced over and I was like, that's a net. And I like knocked on her window (laughs) I hadn't seen her in like five years. Amazing. And she just goes, oh. and turns, she's like, oh my, what are you doing on that thing? Your mom's going to get like, full of like, mom, get off of that. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously I got, got to know you and, and Jennifer and Liam primarily through the Hunger Games mm-hmm. years, which it feels to me, I mean, I mean, just from my vantage point of like, you know, riding on the sidecar alongside you guys for those years, it felt like a blur to me. Like, it, it feels like that really happened quick yeah does it what's your perspective it, on it i mean it does it's like weird i just told me this the other day to somebody a friend of mine and just like now having been out of it for a few years it it, it, it seems so far away and so not a part of my life but yet it was such a major piece of what i lived in my experience i had some of the craziest funnest wildest experiences of my life thus far with that whole crew and, and, and doing those films and the press tours and everything um, but yeah, it, it really does kind of feel like a blur. I mean, do you think about them as as different film? I mean, they're obviously like if you look at them, they're different films. Mm-hmm. But like the fact that some of them were shot back to back, and and most of them were directed by one guy, does it all kind of blend together, or do you think of them as distinct experiences? I think the, the first one feels like a more separate experience. Right. Um, we had Gary Ross as our director, and that was like we didn't really know what it was going to be yet, right. and we had the much smaller budgets and and you know th- things like that. So that makes it feel different. Um, but then the subsequent three 
that feels like a big chunk. And also too, like you have to think we're, we're shooting and then a couple months after we finish shooting, we're going on the press tour. Yes. And after so we do that, continuous. we're going back into like the movies again. Yeah. So it's kind of like this cycle thing. And, th- and that feels like one sort of big, uh, big chunk. Well, I mean, what would you say to, I don't know, maybe you've had this conversation with other actors that have contemplated kind of getting involved in a franchise of mm. that size. Like, um, it's one thing to kind of like prepare yourself and you'd been in the business for a while, but like having kind of run that gauntlet. Yeah. Is there something you'd say to an actor contemplating that kind of an experience? Like, know this going in. This is going to help keep you sane and keep keep it fun and interesting for you. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if there's anything you can really say to prepare for that. I, I think that people should absolutely do it. And I think that it was, you know, one of the best experiences of my entire life. I think that also we're very lucky in that it was great material and it was right. great characters and it was an interesting world, an interesting story. And we got an, a stellar cast involved with it. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, franchises have their downsides, which are extremely long shoots, like very, you know, tedious and long press tours and like locked in for, you know, half a decade of your life. Right. (laughs) So those all sound like (laughs) negatives. However, there's something to be said for steady work, knowing that like next year I will have this movie, which gives you a little more freedom in between to either relax or do something else, take risks. Um, But yeah, I think the scariest thing for me was getting pigeonholed and, and boxed in as a character. Sure. Um, you know, like, like you look at somebody like, like Daniel Radcliffe who started at such a young age as that character. And that's what like he popped for and then did that for such a long time. Yeah. And now he's like really getting the clear of that and he's awesome and doing really cool stuff. But for a while, it took him like, a little it's, while. It's a little while. And it he has a while hustle to like completely. 150% Absolutely. Broadway doing all this crazy yeah. shit. And now and, he's and, in a great place. And but, so for yeah. me, like I definitely was like worried about that. Uh, but at the same time, I was just super excited to do it, and it was a great character, and working with Jen and Liam and Woody and Philip and the incredible cast and everything, it was, it was really a no-brainer. How quickly <laughs> did, did Jen delete your phone from uh, phone number from her phone? Uh, <laughs> I've deleted hers multiple times, but somehow she still she still gets me. <laughs> have you have you seen Mother? By the way, I have seen Mother. Crazy, right? It's, uh, yeah, I. I don't exactly know how I feel about it. I've seen it. I saw it twice in theaters. Okay. Um, and upon the second watching, I was like, I'm going to really get more. But it kind of made me ask more questions. Um, but I think I think it's a masterfully made movie. Oh, yeah. I think Jen is – I don't know if people – I haven't read, but I hope people are talking a lot about her performance. Yeah. I think it's so subtle. And, and she didn't have a whole lot to work with. She kind of has this one sort of tone she has to play throughout. But the right. subtleties – that she finds, and I think the movie's yeah, fantastic. It's bonkers. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big. Aronofsky I was worried about her fan. when I saw it. I was oh, like, yeah. damn, she went through. You it. Went to a really <laughs> heavy place. You okay? I'm over here masturbating yeah, over exactly. a video game character. I'm over here coming on people from the future as they you know show up in my bedroom. What have you been up to? <laughs> Hope everything's good with you. Um, at what point? Where in in that sequence we were talking about auditions and stuff? Like your name was in the mix, and I'm sure there are tons of things I've never heard about you in the mix for. Mm-hmm. But Spider Man came up, yeah, yeah. Not for this recent iteration, but for the Andrew the one Garfield before, one. Yes, to the point where like it was reported that you got the role. Yeah, at one point. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that a weird day? Like what? What do you remember of like? Did you actually think you got the role? At I one did point? not. No, okay. I had I had been told that I didn't get it. But then when that came out, I was like. Did they change their minds? Is this? I don't want to get excited, but this would be really fucking cool. Right. Uh, and it wasn't very fucking cool, so I didn't get it. But it's it's kind of crazy because me not doing that meant that I did Hunger Games. Oh, so that was, that was, I was trying to get the chronology down. Yeah, okay. I would have because that that was right around the same time that I ended up getting hungry. I think it was a little bit beforehand, um, and I was I was pretty disappointed. Like I'm yeah, I've never I mean, been a huge like I'm not a huge comic book or, or superhero fan, but. If there's any superhero that I would have been right to play, I feel like Spider-Man was him. Right. Um, and that would have been really fun and really cool, a cool thing to do. But then I ended up doing Hunger Games, and, and it was obviously incredible. So it's hard to really say. 
is I mean, I, I feel confident in saying that I, the the right thing happened or the yeah. best thing happened. But you know. is it tough to watch like a film like that that you know, that you kind of like really want and then it comes out? Like, do you end up seeing that film? Or oh do yeah, you, for sure. Yeah, I mean. Yes and no. There, there's definitely times where you see something, and you're like, "Damn! Oh, I really wish I could have done that. I would have, you know, I would have really like crushed it, or you know, I would have had a really good time making that." Um, but for the most part, I, I don't know. Just enjoy it as much as you can. Yeah. Don't think about it. Yeah. And, like bury it down inside that well Again. I was talking about. <laughs> Just stuff it down there yeah, with the, exactly. the dead turtle. I gotta tell you, Josh, the well's getting pretty full, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have to start building it into like a silo. <laughs> Um, All my kernels of disappointment. <laughs> not, the- not kernels, man. They're giant, whopping. <laughs> no, they're very big kernels. Yeah, they're big yeah, kernels. Big yeah. kernels. They popped. Um, <laughs> so, so was there a period of mornings? Probably a too strong a word, uh, word, but like adjustment post Hunger Games in terms of like you're on this roller coaster, as you mm-hmm. said, you're kind of on a schedule. It's almost like you're in a series sure. that just keeps going. Um, where like did it take it like a, a few- come down? Yeah, kind of? yeah, I would imagine like it's a high that you have to kind of come off. Yeah, of. it, it, it's just a life shift is like more than what it was i mean more than what it like a, a a come down i feel like it was it was something where you're kind of a part of this machine for such a long time and then when that finishes there is sort of like the i'm free i'm free <laughs> i could do anything i, I, do anything I, I don't want. need to yeah i can travel i can go places i can say yes or no to other projects it's amazing um but it didn't it didn't feel like i think if you're looking at it from the external you'd imagine like wow it must be so crazy that's finished it, it's, it wasn't quite that crazy. We, you know, we, we hung out quite a bit, and, and obviously you know, the, the, the team kind of like see each other every, every time we can. Um, I don't know. It was, just, it, was, it was like work. It was like you yeah. know, it, was, it was a job, and, and it was great. But it's like afterwards, we'd done it for that long. Everybody was like, like this was great. Right. I'm happy. I'm not like dying for it to end, but I'm kind of happy it's not continuing. It's like this weird feeling of like now to the next stage. Like that's like a phase, like a yeah. a section of your life. And I, w- I would think also one of the goals and, and good byproducts of something like that is like you know when you get associated with a franchise like that, your name for what it's worth means something on a, in a financial mm-hmm. uh, scale. Like yes. you know you're able to kind of produce things potentially, mm-hmm. direct things. I know you, you directed a, a short which yes. I watched. Yes. Ape, oh cool, which good. Is good. It's actually uh, one of the the other actors in it started in something that I wrote, uh, Austin Lyon. I don't know. Oh, if, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Austin totally. Was in that. Yeah. So what's the, um, give me a sense of sort of where you're at in terms of like, is that, is the goal to direct a feature, produce more? What's like, or is it sort of just like dabbling with things or how serious are you taking that kind of side of it? I'm directing, I'm taking very seriously. It's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, since I was a kid, I was always like directing things and writing things and, and whatnot with my friends. Um, but yeah, it's something that I, I really want to focus in on. I'm, I'm going to make the feature of Ape. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it was, we did this thing where we took five feature scripts and made five short films out of them in an effort to fast track financing and kind of, we called it a film incubator. Oh, smart. Um, yeah. So to speak. And uh, yeah, so directing is something I absolutely love. I always, when I'm working as an actor, I have thoughts and opinions and feelings about scenes and things that I would do differently and ideas. And as an actor, you kind of don't want to speak up so much because you're just a, like a cog in the machine, right. and, so to speak, in a way. Um, and certain, then, certain filmmakers probably are more or less open to yeah, that more kind of collaborative. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so I've kind of, I'll, I'll give my two cents when I'm asked, but as a director, you get to steer the ship and you get to tell the story how you want to tell it. And, and obviously I'm very collaborative and I rely on a lot of people, but at the same time you get to actually make your own vision come sure. to life. So I definitely am, I'm really excited about that. Um, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of, 
I love, I have like a bunch of projects like in development of like true stories or articles that I've found or, you know, different ideas and whatnot. Some are TV series, some are movies. Nice. Um, so just kind of like feeling all that out. It's tough. It's tough to get things actually made. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very, to tell very me. tough. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, please. I've been buried in the MTV bunker for yeah. 30,000 years <laughs> trying to like dabble with some other things. And it's, it is, it's yeah. tough to move stuff along. It really is. And to find the time for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm curious, like. Because we've kind of like touched on this, like your career has even in, in, you know, a relatively short period of time, although you've been working for a while, but Mm -hmm. like you've done the studio things and the franchise things and you obviously have a love for independent film and like Ape speaks to that sensibility more. Um, Like in terms of your film tastes nowadays, like what do you consume? Do you kind of like a little bit of everything or you do go more towards one direction or than another or what? Yeah, I I would say that I. Right now, I'm on like a, a kick of watching older films because okay. I didn't grow up with a very solid film education. So you're whatsoever. filling in the blanks right now. Yeah, you're exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to catch up on a lot of that stuff so and like obscure stuff too, like, like French noir mm-hmm. things, like Godard and stuff like that. Sure. So I've been like trying to catch up on all that. Uh, decades and decades of film that I have now <laughs> experienced. It's endless, I know. And and now I'm kind of, I really don't, I, I don't like watching trailers anymore. Oh, okay. Because I, I feel like. For me, it's like whenever I read a script, I think about what's the trailer going to be because right. I think it's really important that when you – how you're going to pitch a movie because if people have a certain expectation of tropes that they know of different kinds of movies that you represent in the trailer. Yeah. And if you don't fulfill that, even if it's something great, people will come out disappointed. I think Mother's a good example of that where it's a movie that is very complex and, and very different than what the trailer was and you kind of set up with this horror right. sort of genre thing. But it's so not that. I don't know how the hell you make a trailer for Mother. Yeah, you have I don't to sell something safe to get them in the theater. Like, exactly. trust me, this is like – you've seen this before. Exactly. It'll make you feel you know good. You'll be is. okay. And sometimes it can be great because you get surprised. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times if you, if you give somebody something different than what they're expecting – like if you're expecting to have a sip of water mm-hmm. and it's actually a really, really – delicious vodka cocktail right. <laughs> if you're expecting water you might miss how great the drink is Definitely. because you're hit might... with vodka um so yeah you know i but what was i saying um so yeah but i so i, I haven't really been watching trailers i kind of just been going on like word of mouth and people like something that people are talking about right whether it's polarizing whether it's you know positive or whatever um yeah but i think like for me i, I go to the theaters less and less mm. because i find that there's less and less things that i really want to see in the theaters I saw Blade Runner three times in the oh, theater. Oh, nice. I've seen yeah. it twice. I think, yeah. I think I'm gonna, I'm, Denise coming in next week. Oh, my God. So oh, wow. I'm going to see it again this week. I have a lot week. of questions for him. Good. You can help yeah. me out with that. Yeah. <laughs> Enemy. Ask about Enemy, too. No, Enemy's I don't crazy. Even, that's a crazy movie. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I kind of like – I sort of see the theater experience for the, the bigger blockbuster type stuff. Sure. Um, unless there's like an indie that I really am like, oh, I, need, I saw a good time oh, that I absolutely loved. And I was Pattinson's so like – like the best Pattinson, thing he's done like, by just far. Like, took a, such a hard shift and now he's like – yeah, he's the king of the world right now, as far as I'm concerned, with young actors. Yeah, I need to go back and see the other Safdie Brothers stuff. I've never seen. I haven't either. Stuff. I haven't either. I've heard it's really great. They're like indie New York films. Has yeah, been like their thing for a while. Um, yeah, my two. I mean, everyone's talking about these, but uh, my two favorites, I think, of the year so far are Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, uh, Missouri. Have you heard about this? I one? have not heard oh, about this. Martin McDonough okay. film. It's uh, Francis McDormand, Sam Rockwell. Oh God, yes, you said two greats. That's yeah, amazing. It, and they're both like going to be nominated. Stellar. They're okay. both amazing. It's kind of little Cone Brothersy. It's okay. amazing. And, okay. uh, and Lady Bird, the Greta Gerwig movie. Have you heard about this one? I haven't heard about okay, either okay, of these. I'm catching you up. It's okay. Thank you. Uh, Lady Bird like is... Like I said, I've been like, watching French noir films, <laughs> okay. so I've been kind of living in the okay. past these here. These are worth actually going to the, see the, in the theater. They're not, okay. well, you know, they're not Blade Runner on the screen, sure, but they're sure. beautiful films. Uh, uh, Lady Bird's Saoirse Ronan starring in oh, it. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, and it's... it's 
a slice of life kind of coming of age thing, a little Wes Anderson-y, et cetera, <laughs> but right. it, it, it's great. I fucks with that. Yeah. I fucks with Wes Anderson. That's what's up. <laughs> so, oh, here's what I want to talk about. I'm seeing Disaster Arts tonight. Oh, I, I think oh, I'll see shit, you yeah. doing that I'm, Q&A I'm tonight. Q&A after, yeah, I'm yeah. going to see you there, hopefully. Um, I just saw it on Sunday for the first time at the L.A. premiere. So, okay, I was <laughs> so late to the party on The Room, it's not even Me funny. Too. I was there. I'm with you. I saw The Room like four days ago. Yeah, I, well, I saw it, obviously, when James <laughs> right. said I had to come to this movie with him. Um, so for those that don't know, The Room uh, is this infamously... Um, not stellar film, maybe. It was kind of a labor of love for this guy named Tommy Wiseau, um, <laughs> who uh, somehow got the money to make this kind of passion he, yeah, project. His own money. His own it money. Was his money. Six million dollar budget for the room. It's a crazy step. The movie, alleged. The, alleged. The, yeah, exactly. So he's yeah, he's shrouded in mystery himself. Yeah. The, the the room itself is fascinating, and they do all these kind of midnight screenings of it. And you should yeah, check it out. It's kind of like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. They they throw spoons at the exactly. screen in moments, and there's call outs and stuff. It's it's a, it's an ex- do not watch it alone at home. No, I'm so. You, it will go right over your head, and you'll feel very confused <laughs> about who you are and what society means. <laughs> Question a lot yes. about it, um, but definitely seek it out if you can with a crowd. Mm-hmm. And there are screenings around, and I and I, I really I had a great and time. A twenty four is doing a whole thing right now where they're releasing like, like six hundred screens, and they're oh, playing amazing. the room in. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So that's an experience. Mm-hmm. And then the Disaster Artist is this movie, kind of about the making of the room, directed by James Franco. Yes. Uh, you're in it alongside Dave Franco and Seth Rogen, Paul yeah. Shear, some Paul of my Shear's favorite so people. Funny. Efron has like a cameo oh, in there. Nice. Yeah, yeah I know there are a bunch of cameos, it, right? It's actually The Disaster Artist is a book that is written by Greg Sestero, who is the um, best friend of Tommy Wiseau. And it's right. his experience with Tommy as like their whole journey of making the room. It's amazing. So it's all like the things you see in The Disaster Artist are really the idiosyncrasies syncrasies of who Tommy Wiseau is. It's, and we were at the premiere. I just had yeah, the premiere with yeah. him. And we all went out on stage and, and James was introducing everybody and we all lined up. And Tommy was the last guy to get introduced. And when Tommy got introduced, he comes out. He's got his sunglasses on, of course. And he high-fives the whole front row of unwanting people. And like, <laughs> like it, they, didn't, they weren't like, hey, Tommy. He just immediately goes over and does like the whole rock star thing. And then walks up and Paul Shear was standing to my left right next to Franco and just stands in front of Paul Shear and she was like oh okay I'm just gonna move over like it was like Tommy just he's in his own world man it's so it's incredible great. yeah disaster artist yes uh, an amazing it's, experience I would think it was so great I'm, I'm, I'm so happy I got to see it like with a big crowd of people yeah. James is phenomenal in the film yeah people are and saying like this is not the kind of movie you hear about for awards but that Franco is like award worthy I, I think so I think he's fantastic I, I think that the, the heart and like the the sadness and the hilarity and the assholian nature of the character. Like, there's so many levels that it's operating on. Right. Um, it's it's absolutely gut busting while also being heartbreaking and beautiful. It's it's so it's just a very very unique movie made about a very very unique movie. And and, and like a lot of like James and Seth and Evan stuff. It sounds mm-hmm. like it's about like male friendship and like yeah. and sort of like those kind of odd uh, relationships. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and I have a very interesting character. Yeah. His name is Philip Holdman in real life. I Denny. played Denny in from right. the room, and uh, you know, just kind of like learning about how Tommy was on set and just with his actors, and like nobody had the script. He wouldn't give the script to anybody because he didn't trust them. Um, they would shoot. They went like I think sixty days after like a forty day scheduled shoot, right. and just like the, the the conditions were were pretty insane. And and just this young actor who's like trying to do what he can with what he's given. Uh, it was really fun to play, and and. and Denny in and of itself is a really interesting character, sure. and I had a lot of fun I kind of bringing wait. that to life. I'm excited to see it tonight, man. Yeah. Um, is uh, wait, did I hear? Are you are you moving to my neck of the woods? Are you looking for potentially? New yeah, York? I uh, I don't think right now is quite the right moment, but I <clears throat> maybe you know. 
people watch Future Man. We get another second season. I want to get a place out here because I uh, it's riding on this. Yeah, exactly. So please, everybody, God Real bless it. God fucking watch the show, please. I'm begging you. Um, no, I've, I've always wanted to live in New York, and I am very much over Los Angeles right now, especially just you're preaching to the converted too much. Yeah, okay. You, you, I've you, never lived in LA. I've okay. lived here my entire life. So yeah, it's just first of all, I have. I have like reverse seasonal depressive disorder where if it's <laughs> warm and sunny, condition? I self-diagnosed okay. it, but it's true. Uh, <laughs> if, if it's like sunny and warm always, I'm very wildly unhappy. Like I'm not, I'm not joking. If I wake up in October and it's like 80 degrees outside and there's not a cloud in the sky, I'm angry. I'm like physically, like, viscerally pissed off. <laughs> yes. If I wake up and it's cold and rainy, I'm like, thank God, the weather is mimicking my internal feeling. Oh, no, you and I, simpatico. <laughs> so, I love a good gray day. That's yes. my day. I know. We were in the car right now, and um, they were saying, like, I haven't seen the sun in a week. I'm like, God. Oh. <laughs> oh, I just came. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the nuclear winter. Exactly. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, long story short, I really need to live here in the city nice. for a time in my life. Make it happen. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to. You could do some theater? Exactly, yeah. Would you I, be interested there's so in many things. Yeah. yeah, I would. I, uh, I, I have very real stage fright. Um, <laughs> really? And, yeah. Oh, for Wait, sure. How does that manifest? Like award shows? Like presenting? That kind yeah, of thing, like or? I just did Kimmel on Sammy before, yeah. and I black out. I don't know what I say. I'm not even kidding. And that's probably not good for doing theater either. But I literally <laughs> what are you putting in, the in your body right before you get on stage? Like, I just, can't g- say. just give me that. Give me that. No, no. <laughs> no I, uh, no. I, uh, I, yeah, I literally, I'm standing like the wings of the, like, the set getting ready to go on. Yeah. And I just, I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen right now. I'm like, I feel, my, again, almost that feeling of being like 11 years old about to kiss the girl. I'm like, is there blood coming out of my pores? I'm not sure. Um, and I go Tom out there. Tom Hanks' face just like yeah. descends in front of you. Uh, 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 you farted on me. Uh, uh, uh. What if you fart in front yeah. of Kim? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I get out there and I, I, I start talking. I do the whole thing. Yeah. And I, I guess it goes off without a hitch. But afterwards, I literally do not know how it went. And I come backstage and like, you know, all like the team is there and like, oh, it was great, right. da, 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 all this stuff. And I'm like, all right. Like, I, I genuinely am like, how was it? And I'm not asking for validation. I huh. genuinely am like, I don't know how it was. But that doesn't happen clearly on a film set. When they say, no. when they say rolling action. No, does that nothing. doesn't happen. I mean, there's like times you're more nervous than others, obviously. Yeah. But, but no, there's like something that happens with me when I do something live where I really like go somewhere else. Oh. Okay. Or maybe it's because I'm so there. Right, that's it. I'm so in the moment, I like that man. Um, wow, this is really resembled a therapy session. This is insightful. Yeah, this is yeah. great. So that'll I be about like three hundred dollars, uh, please. Trimet, or no, okay. what is it? No, the, oh, oh, in treatment. In treatment. Yes. Oh, there yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. Um, it's always good to catch up with you, man. Yes, sir. Uh, congratulations on Future Man. It's it's batshit crazy, but it's a lot of fun. I, honestly, awesome. I really dug it. I'm excited to check out the rest of the episodes. Everybody, check it out. Make sure he gets his apartment in New York. We need yeah. him here. The small, I just want a little place, yeah, a little box to call my own. A box to call my own. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm sure we'll chat on the next one, man. Yes, Good to sir. see you, buddy. Absolutely. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs>